Hopefully this week makes sense to you if you weren't here last week, because being a, a series, it's sort of part two of what I said last week. So hopefully catching it in the middle, if you weren't here, you'll be able to understand. And if you were here last week and didn't understand a word of it, hopefully you can understand this week. Is that a good deal? I asked the question last week, what is the church? Because I reckoned if we could discover what the church really is, then we'd know what the church was supposed to look like and what it was supposed to be doing and how it was supposed to be behaving in the days that we live. And we even discovered last week, and you already know this anyway, that even though through common usage a building is often called a church, we know that because of what Jesus told us, the building isn't actually the church, is it? And uh, the building just houses the real church. I want to look at a couple of verses, we might have used these last week, just to refresh our memories and get us back up to speed. Colossians 1 verse 18 says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of of it. Churches, people, right? The church belongs to Jesus Christ, and he says he will build his church, and the church is his body. Are you with me this morning? The church is his body, the body of Christ. Now, I know some of you put off because I'm only over there. Who's thankful that I'm only on one today? Some of you wish I wasn't on any of them, so that's, that's great. That's good. A human body needs certain things to carry on living. Isn't that right? And last week we talked about the fact that for a body to keep living, it needs the breath. And also we discovered that how breath is important to the human body, so the breath of the Holy Spirit is vital to the life of the church. I want to look at another couple of things this morning. The first one is that's something very crucial to our body, and that is blood. Now, if Paul Cargill leaves partway through this part... If you don't know, Paul Cargo has a real aversion to blood, and if you mention it, he sort of goes woozy, and you might find him on the floor. He'll be okay. Just throw some water over him, and he'll get up. Okay. Who knows? Blood is pretty important, right? I mean, blood is responsible for carrying, uh, delivering nourishment and oxygen throughout all of the body, and if you have poor circulation, and your blood is not being distributed very well, then you can... At the very least, which is probably the the least problem you might have, is you get cold hands or feet. And who's ever had this comment said to them? Oh, get your feet off me, they're freezing. You know, who knows that one, you know? Good blood circulation is vital for energy and for health. And when blood isn't circulating properly, then toxins can build up in the body. Energy can be lost from the body. And other parts of the body begin to respond in a negative way and they can become ill as well. But on the other hand, when the blood is circulating in the correct way, then not only is the body kept alive, but things that would be toxic to the body are being expelled or being removed from the body by the blood. In a sense, then the blood is a cleansing agent. Now, just as blood is vital to the human body, the blood of Jesus is absolutely essential to the body of Christ. We've been singing about some of that this morning. Some time ago, I was meeting with a pastor here in the city, and at one stage, our conversation turned to the topic of Christianese. Who knows what Christianese is? You know what 
English people speak English, right? And Thai speak Thai, and Italians speak Italian, and Japanese speak Japanese, right? And, and if they're speaking that language and you don't know that language, they know what they're talking about, but you can get a bit lost, isn't that right? In fact, you haven't under, don't understand a word they're saying if you don't know their language. And it's like that with Christianese. It's the language only Christians speak. Are you with me now this morning? And not our talk as Christians is necessarily biblical, hopefully most of it is, just sometimes our talk as Christians is Christianese. Am I treading on some toes this morning? We sometimes slip phrases into our conversation or even into our church services and we really understand, we think we know what they mean and we don't give much thought to it, but a visitor or someone who's never been to church before or hasn't much church background can actually begin to wonder, what are they on about? You know, Who knows what I'm talking about this morning? People are looking behind me. I'm wondering what's going on. Is it all right? I'm just, it's great. It's that bald patch, isn't it? <laughs> Things like, let's give praise to the Lion of Judah. Help, oh, I hope there are no lions in here. We're... Or let's give glory to the Lamb, you know. Think what that conjures up to someone who has no church background or no understanding and we know what it's about. And I checked with this before I'm telling this story, but I, I rang Mana yesterday. Many of you know Mana. He's our community pastor here in the church. And his very first church service he ever went to, before he was a Christian, they were singing, Worthy is the Lamb. Now, at that stage, you've got to realize Mana was working in the freezing works. And he tells the story that he thought, wow, I kill lambs every day, but they must be even more important than I realized because they're singing about them. He had absolutely no idea it was referring to Jesus. Of course, when you understand that it's referring to him in the background, that it's a wonderful concept. Reminds me again of another pastor friend of mine who said the very first time he went to church, they announced some sort of event coming up and the that the person who was making the announcement said at the end, and make sure you bring along a scrumptious dish. Now he thought, oh, oh heck, they want us to bring a girlfriend along. And, and I don't have a current girlfriend. What am I going to do to take along to that event? You know, that's true. Anyway, getting back to the pastor I was talking to about Christianese. And he was saying that it hit home to him really strongly a few weeks earlier when they were singing a song in their church which said four or five times and over and over, oh, the blood, oh, the blood, oh, the blood. I don't know that particular song, so I don't know what else it says, but it sounded like it's about all it said, you know, or the chorus did anyway. And he found himself thinking, what must a new visitor, someone who doesn't come to church, think about what we're singing about right now? They'll think we're cannibals or vampires or something, you know. And of course, we know the song was probably about the blood of Jesus. It had some wonderful truth in that song. I'm sure it did. But I fully understand his concern. But it's a little different when we sing a song that says something like this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I think that's a good song because what it does is the context is given. We understand what the blood is about. A crucial question is asked that actually is relevant to every human being. And then the answer is given. All understandable, all right? You're with me. That's not Christianese, it's context. 
And of course, the other extreme to use in Christianese indiscriminately is to be so PC that we don't use biblical truth well and we water it down. I was really upset a few years back when certain parts of the Christian church decided, or one part of the Christian church decided to take all references to the blood of Jesus out of all their hymns and all their songs because they thought it was barbaric and offensive to people in the days we live. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 23. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Great verses, aren't they? Just as blood is vital to the human body, the blood of Jesus is vital to the spiritual body. In fact, if the blood of Jesus hadn't been shed on the cross, for us we couldn't experience forgiveness, right? We couldn't even begin our spiritual journey to know God our Father. We couldn't become part of the family of God. If Jesus' blood hadn't been shed, we couldn't become part of the great body of Christ. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Truth is, the Lord of our lives have wrecked up such a horrendous list of sin and selfishness that there's no way we could ever pay the penalty. Isn't that right? And on the other hand, Jesus' list of sins and misdemeanors was completely blank. And yet he went to the cross on behalf of all humanity, took the penalty and the punishment for the lot, so the judgment that was due us was taken by Jesus Christ. And just that one point alone helps me realize how wonderful the good news of the gospel really is. Such amazing good news to find that someone else has willingly paid the debt for me. Someone else has taken the rap for me. Someone's taken my judgment that was due me and tied for my sin that I might be forgiven and set free from guilt and shame. Anyone else pleased about that this morning? Jesus, who was sinless, completely guiltless, completely pure, when his blood flowed from his body on that cross for all humanity and for all time, because of that, he was entitled and empowered to become the head of his church, which is his body, the body of Christ. Your blood's very important to your body. The body, the blood of Jesus is an absolute necessity for the body of Christ. It's because of his blood we can be continually forgiven. Because of his blood we can be continually cleansed. Oh, we really, really need the breath of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Over and over. But we really, really also need the precious cleansing, healing power of the blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. 1 John 1 verse 7 is a verse many of you know. Great verse. If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Just occurred to me right at that moment, if you take all the words of blood out of your songs, out of your hymns, you take it out of the Bible as well? You're going to leave the verses out, aren't you? I find it fascinating that here is a link in this verse 
between light and blunt. Just how many times we go to the doctor not feeling too flesh and he or she might, you know, prod or poke or ask some questions and do some stuff and try and find out what's wrong with you and and even after all of that, sometimes they still can't figure out what's wrong, can they? So often the next comment is, I think we'll do a blood test. Now I learned very early on not to panic at that point. It doesn't mean they're going to test to make sure I've got blood, right? They're going to do something else with it. They're testing because at the moment, the problem I have is hidden to them, and they're trying to find out what on earth is going on that you're not feeling so great here, Paul. The blood is all inside the body, and they've got to get some of that blood out of the body in a very civilized manner and in a very controlled manner to see if they can see something that they can find out. Isn't that correct? So they go, you know, and sort of get it out of you. Who loves blood tests? I think rugby tests are much better, don't you? I think they're much better. So now once the blood is visible... Or if you like, it's in the light now, isn't it? Once the blood is now visible, it's able to be examined and tested, hence the name blood test. And once there is a diagnosis, the necessary treatment can be prescribed. And sometimes in other instances, they actually put blood back in you in a blood transfusion, pure blood, blood which is going to help your body recover with this pure blood being injected into your body. And here in 1 John, in this verse about the blood of Jesus, we often take this as a personal Wonderful verse for ourselves and claim it, and that's really great, but actually it's got heaps to do with the corporate life in the body of Christ. Let's look at it again with a few highlights. Is it up there again with highlights? Next one. It's not up there. Okay, I'll just do it myself. Okay, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, right? And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's we should do that again. If we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I can then draw the conclusion, I reckon, that if we don't walk in the light... Paul, John, say not Paul, John is, unless Paul wrote John's letter, which I'm sure he didn't. It can be a barrier to our relationship with God, but also with one another. Are you with me? John is saying sometimes there's a problem in the body of Christ. I've heard some churches in other parts of the world that have problems every now and again, but nothing ever close to home. I mean, you know. This problem could be lurking somewhere under the surface and isn't very visible to most people, or yet it's there. Or it could be more blatantly obvious where there are some people who are not getting on too well and there's a, fra- a, fraction, a friction between people or unresolved disagreements. And I, I find that it's interesting when you have ongoing unresolved disagreements which get nasty. People often talk about bad blood between people. So whenever something happens in my life, 
which puts up a barrier to my relationship with God or relationships with other people. It's like a toxin that has crept into the blood and begins to build up in the body. Are you with me this morning? Hebrews 12 verse 15 talks about this in a particular way. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Look at this next bit. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. But the wonderful antidote is what? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. And without the blood of Jesus enduring fellowship with God and with others in the body of Christ is impossible. We can hide, we can cover up, we can try and ignore the problems, leave them in the dark. But as this verse here in John tells us, once we allow the light of truth into the situation, then the blood of Jesus is able to cleanse us of anything that would otherwise hurt our relationships. Call, openness, truth, honesty, confession, all open the way for the blood of Jesus to help the body get rid of harmful toxins. And we can once again walk in the light with God and we, with each other. I don't know whether you've done this. It's become very popular in recent times, but people are finding out about their ancestry as far back as possible, even doing a DNA test, right, to see where your ancestors originated from and what percentage of different nationalities' blood you have in your bloodstream or in your DNA. But it can reveal surprising results sometimes. I know someone really well who was adopted as a baby And recently, she decided to have a DNA test just so she could find out more about her heritage. And when the results came back, she was absolutely astounded to find she had no DNA at all from the nationality she always thought she had come from, not an ounce of it. And her ancestry was from a a different part of the world entirely. So be careful if you get a DNA test. Listen. Whatever your DNA naturally is, or your family line is, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible calls it being born again. You're now part of a spiritual family. You're linked with the others in the family of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're a son or a daughter of God, part of the family of God, the body of Christ. You have his DNA becoming more and more like him, just like every other member of that family of God. The church is a body, the body of Christ. To continue to have life, it needs the breath of the Holy Spirit. It needs the blood of Jesus Christ. Just want to go to one more if I have time this morning. Have time this morning? We do have time this morning. The parade doesn't start till two, so it's okay. One more thing that's vital to a body is skin. The body needs Skin. I love making fun of TV ads. Anybody else? I mean, there's the occasional TV ad that's okay, but mostly they're just plain cheesy, aren't they? Really are. You know, for example, there are those, those ones where some smiling lady asks something like, have you ever wondered why a baby's skin is so soft? You know, well, I don't really give a rip about that, really, but, you know. Do I really need to wonder about that at all? I mean, a baby's skin is soft, right? It's brand new, right? I mean, mine's been around the block a few times, and it's 
seen a few summers. So, but a baby skin is just a baby skin, so of course it's going to be soft. So what on earth are you asking me that for, silly lady, you know? But she's still smiling, you know? And she goes on to say, it's because a baby skin is full of collagen. And you can too put collagen on your face. And if you put it on your face regularly, using this amazing product, your face will end up looking just like a baby and like me. And you won't believe it, but I'm actually 79. You know, and you go, ah, ah, you know, where's the bucket? Ah, fingers down throat stuff, don't you? Anyone else with me on that? You know, it's the shampoo ads and the skin ads and all that. Oh, the car ads are usually okay and the... You know, and some of the, and, and you know, all the ones that are just about what they're about and don't, ah. Anyway, but actually skin is very important to your body. Have you realized that? I've been doing a lot of thinking about that because there's a deep medical scientific reason why skin is important because it is this. Without your skin, all your insides would fall out. <laughs> That's deep, isn't it? In fact, with, that would mean that all your insides will be on the outside. So your skin keeps your insides inside and it keeps everything else that shouldn't be in there on the outside, right? And it separates your insides from your outsides. Now when skin is working properly, it keeps harmful things out of your body, right? But it also lets certain important things through it. For example, if you're really lucky, skin gets through, sorry, hair gets through your skin on your head if you're very lucky. Yeah. Skin also allows perspiration through from in here to out here to cool your body down when you're hot. It lets moisturizer with collagen get through. <laughs> to make your, ba your face look like a baby and that 79-year-old lady on TV. But here's the important thing. For the body of Christ, skin is really important. What are you talking about, Paul? For the body of Christ or a particular church, particular local church to remain healthy, it needs to let the right things in and keep the harmful stuff out. Because they might make it unhealthy. Let me explain. Church is becoming unhealthy when it starts becoming really proud of itself and of its achievements, right? We shouldn't let that one. And our skin isn't working very well when we start to think like that. Are you with me on this? Church is becoming unhealthy when it thinks they're the only church but it is healthy when it recognizes and honors the rest of the body of Christ, right? We're becoming unhealthy when we think that we've grown big enough, there's no need for any more people, but we remain healthy when we keep our heart for mission. We become unhealthy when we think just about ourselves and, and what we can do to make ourselves feel good and have no heart for those outside the church family. But we remain healthy when we remember the church doesn't exist for itself. It belongs to Jesus Christ and yet exists for the world. And you could make a 
a lot of list of things, I'm sure, of things that would keep us healthy and things that wouldn't be healthy. So the unhealthy ones, we need to have skin in the church to keep them out, and we've got to have the ones that are good to keep them in and not let them get out, etc., etc. And I've discovered over the years that a religious judgmental attitude keeps out the very things that should be let in. It's that thing that looks down its nose at someone who looks, who looks different or acts differently or doesn't quite fit the mould. And what that does is it keeps those out who are struggling with temptation and with their identity and with their sin and with are the very ones who need to be let in. We need healthy skin in the church to keep certain things out, let the right things in. Healthy skin will keep out pride and arrogance, religious judgmentalism. Healthy skin will let in all who are thirsty and hungry and yearning for love and acceptance and forgiveness. That's healthy skin. And so on and so on. I think you get the idea today. I wonder if the team would come back up as I'm, cl- up as I'm closing. Thanks, guys and girls. Can you say guys and girls these days or just guys? Or just girls? I don't know. It's too confusing. Team. That's the word. So, the church is his body. Has the Holy Spirit to breathe life into it. The blood of Jesus to cleanse and purify it. It has skin to keep certain things in and let the right things in and keep harmful things out. Can we stand together as we're going to sing a couple of songs here? First one we're going to sing actually says, What can wash away my sin? Talked about it earlier, nothing but the blood of Jesus. The second song after that is, is, is in the middle there says, His blood flows through my veins. I am a child of God, right? And I am a child of God. And, and just, if you could sort of for a moment this morning, as we're singing these songs, think about, not just yourself, but about the body of Christ and about yourself. We're saying, Lord, this morning we want the blood of Jesus to continually be flowing through my life and in my life and through us as a church body and in the body of Christ that we might continue to be forgiving one another and, and, and having the cleansing, purifying blood of Jesus, changing our lives, transforming our lives. We want the Holy Spirit to continue to come into us to make us more and more like Jesus want skin to come and, and our skin ought to be on our guard for things that we shouldn't be letting in and on our guard to make sure we don't let things stop people from coming that should be part of who we are. Holy Spirit, just do all that in our life. Let's pray for a moment before we sing. Because there might be something in your own life this morning. You're saying, you know, as you've spoken today about the blood of Jesus and forgiveness and cleansing, I have been thinking there's stuff in my life that I need to get right with God. And well, what a great opportunity. Because every single day, His grace is available to you. God doesn't judge you this morning. He judged Jesus Christ. He took your sin and mine and our mistakes and our failures and all those things. And instead of us having to hang on the cross and die for those things, He's taken that for us. And now the grace of God, which puts the righteousness of Jesus Christ into your life. When Jesus, God looks at you, He sees the righteousness of Jesus. He doesn't see your filthy sin. He sees the righteous work of His own Son and the Holy Spirit working in us. What a wonderful thing. 
But you know, if there's something today, you're saying, you know, I've got a, I need to just feel, I feel like I've got a blockage in some in my life because I've allowed stuff to come in that shouldn't have come in. And I just want today to throw myself again on the precious mercy and grace of God and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for your work in my life. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Here I am. Then do that while we're singing today. Can we do that? Let's sing these songs. Thanks.